This episode of Control-Alt-Delete is brought to you by Braintree. Even the best mobile app won't work without the right payments API. That's where the Braintree V.0 SDK comes in. One amazingly simple integration gives you every way to pay. But don't take our word for it. Try out the sandbox and see for yourself at braintreepayments.com slash Walt. Hello, and welcome to Control-Alt-Delete, a podcast now with 20% more nits. I'm not <laughs> That's from uh, Robert Kozak on Twitter, at Robert Kozak. We, I love this. Very good, it's Robert. Favorite part Thanks. Of the show. Anyway, I'm Neil Patel. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Verge. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, iPhone ex- reviewer extraordinaire, uh, and ex- uh, editor-at-large at Recode, Walt Mossberg. How's it going, Walt? Uh, uh, I would have to say you're an iPhone reviewer extraordinaire as well. We have two of us here. We do. We had quite a week. We did. We did. It was a real sprint. So, as you know, last week we had the big combo show with, with a bunch of Vergecast people, uh, with Dieter, who is on this show in spirit every week. Every week. Uh, and, and Lauren, and it was, it was great. So the iPhone event was last week. We got the phones. We Furious review period, shorter than usual. Much shorter, yeah. And reviews uh, were out on Tuesday. Tuesday at 6 in the morning. I will, I will tell the audience something that I think is fascinating. It's inside baseball to the extreme, but I think it's yeah. fascinating. Walt, ages ago, when I was at Engadget and you were at the journal, All Things D, yeah. we would get so mad at you. Yeah. Because your reviews had a different embargo time than our reviews. Yes. Um, for all kinds of products, not just Apple products. Yeah. Walt would, I think it was like Thursday nights, Wednesday nights, Walt would go in the like 8 or 9 p.m. in the evening, the night before everyone else's embargo. Well, it would vary. But yes, I often had my own review, my, my own embargo time. And I never broke an embargo. I just had my own embargo. He had his own embargo. And what we were consistently told was yeah. that... Walt had to deliver a copy to the newspaper, and the newspaper deadline was like eight or nine in the evening. So to go to print, Walt had the print embargo, and all the rest of us digital schlubs had the morning embargo so that people would get the paper at the same time they would read the review on the web. And we always thought this was tremendously unfair because Walt being a genius, realized that his embargo was up and he just published it to the web the night before. <laughs> well, that so, was, yeah, that was exactly correct. That was the reasoning. Yeah, so to, fine. This was like an, an old frustration. So over. you needed to start a newspaper, a print newspaper. We, obviously, and, uh, and Gadget print edition is coming out one of these days. <laughs> you know, obviously everybody figured this out. Everyone started getting the same embargo. They moved the embargo times to around 10 a.m. This is across the industry. This year... Everything went at 6 a.m., which I think if you were looking online yesterday, you saw a bunch of reviews hit at 6 a.m. Eastern, yeah. Eastern, which is insanely early. It's 3 a.m. Pacific. Yeah. Why 6 a.m.? That is the time Snapchat Discover Stories are published to the Snapchat platform. Yeah. And Apple people told me they wanted to be, they wanted iPhone coverage to be in Snapchat Discover on the day reviews went out. So they moved the embargo time. Because Snapchat Discover works like a newspaper. You finish the story and you ship it to Snapchat and you're done for the day. So they had to move the time to 6 a.m. to be in Snapchat Discover. So we've gone so, all the way from the print Wall Street Journal to Snapchat Discover. Is that insane? I think it's it's so inside baseball, but it's so interesting it is. to and me. I, and most, but we need to s- stop talking about it right now because <laughs> most people listening to this don't really care about the problems. Of well, I think that's funny because I used to I, we used to get so frustrated with you. Ah, Walt's got his print embargo. But again. you never anyway. you never called me up and yelled at me. I did not because I, I understood you. You know you got to take the leverage you got in this world. 
anyway, that is so right. Our rev- that is reviews correct. are out. Well, you know, we edited one another's reviews, and I said to you, we arrived at similar conclusions, but took very different paths. Right. So, why, why, why don't you tell me what you were thinking as you were as you were writing yours? Uh, okay. Well, I what I was thinking was that <laughs> you have a company that is self-identifies as the premier design company in tech and maybe in general in the world. And I think that actually there's a lot of evidence for the designs that they've done, hard, uh, both in computers and mobile devices, and some somewhat even in software, influencing things in tech, certainly, but even beyond tech. I mean, when they brought out the multicolored iMacs, you had you know kitchen appliances that looked like that uh, uh, within six months, stuff like that. So you have this the king of design uh, basically telling people that we're going to redo top to bottom the way your iPhone looks and to some extent works, but not till next year. So part of my feeling was they brought out a phone that by their own admission, they just decided to stall the design, the redesign on for a year. And they're saying, buy it anyway. But having said that, what they did to try to compensate for that, I think, or just because they needed to continue to keep up or go ahead of other people, is they built in an enormous amount of re-engineering. They really re-engineered the whole guts of the thing. It's got the water resistance. It's got double the memory at every price point. It's got way better, very interesting cameras, which we we will no doubt talk about, and just a bunch of others, and a very drastically overhauled, I think, primarily for the better operating system. So it's a little bit, you know, my theme was it's a little bit confusing. The big negative is not really that they didn't redesign the phone. That's a that's a negative. But the bigger negative, I think, is that you will, if you buy this, you will be buying a phone into which you can't plug any of any of your headphones or earbuds that you've bought over eternity, because the plug that has been on them for eternity is no longer in this phone. And people are sick and tired, probably hearing us talk about it. But uh, you, <laughs> me you, in particular, yeah. So my re- in my review and in your review in different ways, but we both basically said, you know, well, let me just stick with what I said. To me, yeah. when you look at a product, you want to know: is this product making life easier for you, or more of a hassle? And even if I buy into, and I do buy into, the idea that ultimately it would be better if all audio was really good and wireless and we didn't have cords and all that stuff. Apple is, a, is about, has, has decided to begin, to begin taking its customers through X number of years of hassle till we get there. And so this phone is more of a hassle to use to listen to music and podcasts like this and audio books and make phone calls, do anything audio because for two reasons, one is the incompatibility of all your all your wired earbuds and headphones, some of which are very expensive with the jack because you now have to use the lightning uh, port. Uh, and uh, uh, although they have made not yet released, so we haven't done a full review, but they have made a fairly sophisticated pair of Bluetooth uh, earbuds. Um, they're 160 bucks. And I think there's a number of downsides to them, including battery life, which we can talk about. So to, yeah. 
to me, there's a lot of good. There's a very considerable amount of good here. I mean, I, I love the the true optical zoom on the dual camera setup that is on the bigger of the two phones. But there's extra hassles and a promised total redesign coming in a year. So yeah. my theory, my whole point was this is not an obvious upgrade, despite all these great improvements. You know what I think is interesting? If you Sprint and T-Mobile have been out in the world, most iPhone pre-orders ever four times as many. Yep. Well, first of all, you know, compared to the iPhone six, that's what they're comparing to. Two years ago, both those carriers sucked. So, if they've improved at all, they should be up from two years ago. Yeah. Um, Second, there's a lot of people who are on two-year contracts. You know, the industry is moving away from them. Sprint and T-Mobile are out. All the carriers are sort of out saying. We'll give you a free phone if you sign up for two years. And they're going back to sort of the old yeah, model and people strange. are taking it. Yeah. So there, there's that dynamic in there. But, but, there, kind of, but there might be somewhere in those very, very vague announcements an indication that people are people at least to start. There's some pent-up demand and people are, do, are ordering them. Yeah. No, I, I just think it's interesting. And by the way, I, I, they're getting an excellent phone. I think both yes. of us said this. They're getting... Yeah. An excellent phone. I think I used the word outstanding. It's an outstanding phone. Uh, yeah, I, I think I called it terrific. So, like, it's, it is a great phone. Yeah. So, but, it's not like if you decide to, you know, if you read both of our columns and you come down to the end where we're really ambivalent about the idea of upgrading uh, for the re- all the reasons uh, we cited, and you say, screw these guys, I'm upgrading – you're not going to be, you know, you'll be happy with the phone probably if if you don't care about the earbud thing, uh, and you don't care about whatever unknown redesign is coming next year. So I, I generally agree with you, right? Like the thing you're asking in a product review is always, should you buy it? Should you, should you spend your money on it, and what do you get for that money? And often in technology, what you get for that money is something more convenient, a capability you didn't have before. You feel cool, whatever it is. But you know, it's it, it's a pretty fixed set of value that you get from a new product. This phone, the pr- Apple's promise, and they were very explicit about it on stage, which I thought was really interesting. We're going to take out the jack. What do we get in return? Well, they listed a few things. They said we get to fit optical image stabilization into the little phone. We get to fit dual cameras into the big phone. Uh, the big phone already had optical image stabilization. Uh, we get... The Taptic Engine, which is an interesting thing for them to have called out because the 6S actually has a Taptic Engine, but is not going to get the API support that the 7 gets. So it's they told me that the one in the 7 is a little bit bigger and a little bit more precise, but... Yeah, you know, but... Who knows? Yeah. And they, you know, they said it... it we could have waterproofed a phone with, with a headphone jack, but it was obviously easier because it wasn't there. And that's kind of the big yeah. But if you break those, oh, down, and the battery's bigger. Obviously and the battery's, the battery's bigger. bigger. Yeah. So, but they've increased the, the size of the battery before without removing the headphone jack. I mean, last year with success reviews, the dominant theme of, say, our friend Joanna Stern's review was, why don't you just make the phone thicker and put a bigger battery? Yeah. In? Right. So, like, you know, th- there's other ways to make the battery bigger. But the, that was the they said we're we're taking this thing away, and here's the value we're delivering. And then my sort of path, which is a little bit different than Walt's, was talking through if they're delivering on all those promises. And it just became really clear to me that this device is obviously the transition device. Yeah. That apps don't actually support the Taptic Engine yet. That the dual camera, it's 
Walt loves the zooming and the zooming is nice, but the reason that they put a dual camera on the phone was to enable that depth effect to sort of get them into the, we can capture imagery for VR, AR, and Tim Cook today again said he thinks AR is going to be better than VR. There's a million reasons to have two cameras in a phone, but they're only shipping one thing. And even the one that they could that their competitors are shipping now, they're not shipping yet. And then the wireless ecosystem that you need is not developed. Like this is the thing that will kick off the development of that ecosystem. So if you are ready to be an early adopter to deal with the $40 Belkin adapter that looks like a VGA cable to charge and listen to your phone at the same time, if you're ready to buy Apple's or Beats headphones that support the better Bluetooth system on the phone, if you are ready to wait for the camera features to ship, if you are ready to wait for app developers to update to Taptic Engine. And, you know, I love the Taptic Engine. I think it's wonderful. But the history of 3D Touch doesn't suggest that they're going to rush into it. You see, there's just a waiting period. So you buy the phone, and right now, because so much of it is incomplete or it's designed to kick off the cycle of development that will fully take advantage of all the new hardware features... Right now, at this second, it is a lot like using a 6S. And I think that, that to me, was the, the crux of it, is this is the phone that makes everybody build the stuff that makes the next phone great. And the next phone, as Walt has been saying, heavily rumored to be this dramatic redesign. And I, I thought that was really interesting. There's, there's something to be said about a transition device that, that's really important. And if you love technology, owning the transition device can be really fun. But are you going to get the value, or are you going to get inconvenience? Yeah, I mean that—that's what it—that's a very good way to put it. I think if you're an, if you're willing to be an early adapter, I mean, I got pushback on Twitter, which, first of all, when you say on Twitter, you're already talking about <laughs> not that many normal people. But from people who said, "Oh, I I've been using Bluetooth headphones for years, so this doesn't matter to me at all," you know, and that's for the for that person and those people. That's fine, but uh, that's not the case for most people. In fact, the the, the, the little period where you saw a lot of uh, uh, you know business people walking around with the the mono Bluetooth headphone, which was really for phone calls, even that I think has diminished considerably. It would be a real stretch to say that Bluetooth headphones are a strong part of the ecosystem of mobile today. Uh, right. Apple they're is there. They're, they're like they, a participant. They're there, but they're not. First of all, the for for music, they're not very good. the The connectivity is not hi- highly reliable. The pairing is a pain in the ass, and the and the audio quality leaves a lot to be desired. Now, Apple uh, has tackled those p- particular pain points. If you want to spend one hundred fifty nine dollars at the end of October with with the AirPods or possibly more money on various three, I think, three different versions of Beats, uh, which Apple owns. That's not, you know, this phone is already at least $650. And I know you can pay it on installments, but I'll tell you something, you're still paying $650 minimum, and it goes all the way up to over 900 And now, now you're being asked if you want to take advantage, if you want to charge and listen at the same time, or be part of this transition to fully wireless, you got to spend another $160. It's, it just seems to me like 
That's what made I didn't say don't upgrade and I didn't say do upgrade. It's one of the rare ones. Uh, I think you have an old um, iPhone review I wrote, which was quite different. Um, yep. The, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say everyone should upgrade uh, because of the headphone jack thing. If they hadn't taken the headphone jack out, I would have had a different uh, attitude toward the question of upgrading. And I couldn't so, say don't upgrade because it's still a terrific phone. And yeah. if you have a 5S or a 6, this is a much better, much better phone. The camera. I think if you have a 6 or a 6S, you know that it, it's 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 a, you have to evaluate what you do with a phone, and then you can make a choice. If you have a 5S, well, they sell the iPhone SE, so there's actually a place for you to go that isn't this phone. If you want, which is that size. If you if you continue to want that size, right. yeah. And of course, they're going to still keep selling the six and the six. So there's actually a lot of choice. Real quick, I just want to point out the Beats headphones that support the the W1 chip, or that have the W1 chip that support the new pairing, are not inexpensive. So the cheapest one is the Beats X, which is a set of sort of corded earbuds they wrap around the back of your neck. That's one forty nine. The Power Beats Three wireless, which are sort of sporty, they wrap around your ears. It's one ninety nine, and then the over the big ear cans, the Solo Three, are two ninety nine. So, and this is actually worth talking about at length. And while I, I particularly was excited to talk about this with you, because it, 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 I started thinking about it during the course of the review, and I realized there's a lot of parallels to the past. But to get Apple's best wireless experience, you have to give Apple and only Apple more money, and everyone else, every other wireless device is compromised and that to me is well they didn't do anything special to compromise it is just compromised because it's well regular bluetooth well let me let me just play this out a with bit. no help um, yeah it's a regular yeah, regular bluetooth the thing that we all know i just is want to be i just fun. want to be careful on the word compromised they didn't well, do something me... to cripple motorola bluetooth you know earbuds if you chose to use them on this phone you can use them and they sound like they would have sounded on the 6S or on an Android phone. They right. just don't get the benefit of this W1 chip. This is why I wanted to talk to you about it because yeah. I think this is going to be a little bit of a debate. And I'm, I'm in, I've been, you know, I actually, I engaged with a bunch of people on Twitter because I learn what I think by sort of like arguing it out. Uh, so I'm interested in doing this with you. Here's the thing that I got as I was using the phone. I've never thought about this really seriously before, but I realized that. Almost all of the music listening I do in my home is already wireless. I have a big stereo uh, with a receiver. The receiver, it's a Pioneer receiver. It has AirPlay built in. I never use it. It is by far the best stereo in my home, and it exists solely to do home theater stuff. You know, I don't even own on one. Yeah, but it's the best stereo in my home, and it has AirPlay. And you never I use never it. never use it. Yeah. That has the Apple TV in it that has AirPlay. I never send music to that. Yeah. I have an Amazon Echo that I love using because I can just talk to it. I have an Echo Tap. I've got a, a couple of Sonos speakers that I yeah. love using when you know we've got people over. I've got a couple of uh, uh, UE Boom speakers that are great. We carry them around. We take them on trips. Almost all of my listening through speakers is already done wirelessly. I actually do most of mine in the car. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time commuting, and I, I either, I'm either listening to music or podcasts or something in the car. Yeah, and I actually and it's my coming car, off the phone, but it's playing through the car, and the car has very good Bluetooth. speaker system. Yeah, and I I actually prefer to not use the USB connection in my car. I I actually have a 
adapter, a cigarette adapter, so I can charge the phone and stream over Bluetooth. Because the second I plug my phone into USB, the car, you know, I have a Jeep, so it's like the Chrysler Uconnect, which is insane. It tries to help, and I just don't want it to help. So yeah. I, pl- I plug in the car to power, I plug in the phone to power, and I stream it over Bluetooth, and that's fine. Yeah. All that's great. So tons of, wi- anytime there's speakers involved, it's wireless. When I get to headphones, I'm usually corded. I'm generally on a plane um, or on the subway, it, whatever. It's I plug in the cord. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to charge anything else. So I'm sort of happy. I'm ready to say, okay, I'm going to buy some Bluetooth headphones. Uh, the Beats Solo 3, actually, they still have a mini jack in them. So when I'm on a plane and I want to watch the movie in the headrest, I can just bring that cord with me and plug it in. and It'll be fine. Great. Um, Those are the over-the-ear ones? Those are the over the, that's the ones I prefer to use on a plane. So, because yeah. you, you know, you wear them for a long time on a long flight, you don't yeah. want them in your ears, whatever. I could do that. That's a choice I could make. And then it occurred to me, well, that's the only real choice I have because that's the best thing that works with this iPhone. It's not the only it choice. Has, it's the only choice that gives, it's the you only the, best choice. gives you the maximum or the best that you can get right now. That's true. Right. You could, you could buy. Over the year, Bose will sell you Bluetooth ones, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, Sennheiser oh. and yeah, the Sennheiser Momentum. And all these very, people will sell you. They these. all have them. They yeah. all have them, and they're all they're all fine. They just you know, don't and, use the W1 chip, and they're not going to be able to use the W1 chip. But that doesn't mean they won't. I mean, in your car, in my car, the 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 car I have doesn't recognize the W1 chip, and I don't know. I like the music in the car; it's fine. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if Apple wants to take away the open standard of the headphone jack. So when you all the stuff that plugged into the jack, it was on a relatively equal playing field. You could just make headphones and put them in the market and people would buy them or they wouldn't and the market would sort it out, to quote one Mr. Steve Jobs. And now, if you want the best experience of your iPhone, you have to pay Apple at least $149. Yeah. That's it. $159. Oh, no, well, the cheapest the yeah, cheapest it's a are beats, $149. Yeah. If you want the if you want the future, you pay the one fifty nine for the the AirPods. But what I'm saying is the W one isn't act. There's no W one in the new phone, so no, the AirPods in, are going to work. The AirPods, yeah, they're going to work just as well with the six S with the six. They work with the watch. They work with all that pairing stuff that happens in the cloud. Apple has solved it in software, and the W one just makes the hardware better. In particular, it, the devices with the W one get way better battery life. So that's what I mean by there is. The new experience, which is very much a software experience, and there's the old experience. The old experience isn't any hasn't been improved. It's the same kind of flaky. Well, bad if you're Bluetooth. saying that Apple is not that, that Apple is introducing a proprietary standard that it says is better, then yeah. my response well, to that is, what else is new? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, it's Apple. I mean, but if Microsoft, and, and by did the this way, Steve Windows, Jobs would have said, "Well, we look at all the technologies available. We didn't like any of them. Bluetooth sucks, so we fixed it." And yeah, which, which it's is part of the proper. And if you don't like it, don't buy it. We get it. <laughs> it's your, it's your. Cho- this is literally what he did say about yeah. other something. It was about Flash at the time. Uh, if you don't like it, don't buy it. And if you do, and if you do like it, you will buy it, and it'll all work itself out. That was. What he said to me and to Kara. I think that if Apple Apple is a dominant platform provider, they own a headphones company. If they're going to take away the thing that lets every other headphone company compete on an even playing field and then preference their own headphone company, 
I think there's something not great about that. I think all they really need to do, all I'm really advocating for is they need to extend the the new Bluetooth pairing display system. They don't have to give the W1 to people, but just say, here's how you access this. Go innovate. Make your shit better. And they need to airplay, as far as I can tell, is abandoned. And they need to get way better at saying all over the system, if you want to send audio to Sonos, to whatever you have, you can push the AirPlay button and everybody else, the way that we let people build into Siri, the way that we let people build an iMessage in Maps, they are extensible well, you across know what? huge I'm all swaths for that, of their platform. But, but that's not, that doesn't upset me very much. Sorry. Uh, I'll, yeah, t- no, I'll okay. tell you what bothers me that I that I regret. You know how you sometimes re- regret you didn't put something in your review? I I started thinking about it after I wrote the review, like today. If you have the AirPods in, you can't raise or lower the volume of a song yeah, or, uh, you know, skip to the next track, for instance, or do those common things, which you can do in the control module in the wired earbuds, which Apple might have been the first to do or one of the first to do on wired earbuds, but you can't do them. What you do, what happens is two things, and two things only as far as I can tell. I, I double-checked this, and I'm 99.9% sure it's right. I double-checked it with Apple this morning. You can pull one of the AirPods out of your ear when you're listening to music, and it will pause the song. So that's great. Or if you tap on the AirPod, Siri comes up, and you have to say, lower the volume, raise the volume. You have to go through a whole Siri rigmarole. It's just I mean, the hassle factor that starts with not having the headphone jack continues right through some aspects of these otherwise, in many ways, sophisticated Bluetooth earbuds. And I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't put that in. I mean, God knows they're long enough. They have (laughs) plenty of surface area on them for you to have, have been able to move up and down to you know to raise and lower the volume oh that would have been cool do different things but none of that is there they're just taking you through siri and it's like a whole i'm I'm serious i'm just talking about hassles i mean i've been wearing them around this is when i when I, i i wore them of course before i wrote the review but i i wore them more afterward for some reason i just for some reason, I popped him. I wore him on TV. I wore him around, and I thought this is really annoying. More annoying stuff. So, uh, you know, my in my column, I split the thing into things that impressed me, things that annoyed me, uh, and, and things that I forgot what word I used was, but like looking forward to or uh, yeah. coming up, meaning next year's phone. I think that this wireless thing is coming. I think it'll be great. I am not impressed with the battery life either. I'm sorry. I don't think two hours of phone talk time between charges is great, even though I know 15 minutes back in the little case and you get another 60%, you get 1.2 hours, I think, of phone talk time, and that's good. And as you and I discussed, there's a very senior Apple executive who I happen to like a lot who was making the argument that when you're on a phone call, you only need one. You don't really need stereo. So you keep one charged. You use one. Then when it runs out, you put it back in the case. You take the other one out and keep <laughs> keep doing that forever, forever. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> and I believe your comment when I wrote, put that in the column that that this was something Apple said. You said this is insane. Well, because you have to not, you have to switch ears. They're designed yeah. for. You have to switch ears, and you have to say to the other person. My wife said hold this to me this morning. Oh, hold on. My earbud is running out of juice. <laughs> I mean, I don't like tangled wires either, but I never have had to say to anybody on a phone call, oh, my earbuds are running out of juice. Yeah, I don't know. So I think they look incredibly silly. That's just me. Yeah, I also do. That, there's, I, th- I agree with you. Didn't, didn't your wife have a great comment? What'd she say? She said they look like, uh, cheap plastic earrings. Yeah. So I have seen all of this. I don't know what to call it. Prognostication. Hopeful prognostication that the earpods are Apple's next great wearable platform that will usher in a world of bite-sized audio content that Siri will begin talking to you at all times that this will do for audio something health monitoring you know yeah all this stuff all that all that can be true but i think they're gonna have to redesign i i think that's an that's another reason to you know to be careful i wonder if you i mean look if you're an early adopter you've already ordered the hundred you're early you're marked the 159 bucks or whatever for the beats but i one of the things i said in the last line or paragraph of the column was you might want to wait till next year to the for the whole big redesign of the iPhone and maybe a better audio solution. And I think the better audio solution might be a redesigned set of earpods. Yeah, I, I just think the idea that you're going to wear these in your ear all of the time. I'm well, not. First, they only have a five-hour battery life, so you can't do that. That's for music. And that's for music. Oh, it, it's, it's a two-hour battery stuff. life for phone calls. They're going to be in your ears and not do anything, but they still look like the old headphones. So it looks like you're just listening to music while you talk to other people. <laughs> they, you gotta, you gotta shift the perception of the thing before it can be anything more than a pair of headphones without a cable. Yeah. Um, but they're really cool. I will say that as I've been, you know, I like to show people that you know just people at the verge who are working on it but i like to show people that the new stuff as i'm reviewing it to make sure i'm grounded in reality and the phones everyone was like oh this button's weird whatever and the ear pods got the sort of most polarized interested reaction in that best kind of apple way like oh i don't know if i want this but i definitely want to try it out and some people like i have to have this and some people like this is dumb i'm going into wires and that but when that's sort of the best products do that right but the thing you showed off i'll bet that got the best positive reaction, at least this was true for me, was flipping open the cover on the case and watching the panel pop up on the screen of the phone that show, that either allowed you with one click to to pair it, connect it. And by the way, it'll it'll connect it to all of your Apple devices with, if, if they all have the newest operating system. But that's what I'm saying, Walt. It's great. That's a, it's the great. reason people like that is because that's how they want Bluetooth to work. Yes, I get and it. Apple fixed it in software, so now are you sure you the W one has Apple nothing stuff. to do with that? The W one has some stuff to do with it, but it's yeah. not. Yeah, no, ins- it's not an insurmountable, right? They just updated the six S, and now it works with the W one. Like it's not. That's the thing. That's I get it. It was a secret. But they if you didn't their, have the W one in, in the in the AirPods, right? And if they made didn't... their own chip, and the chip is way better at power. It holds. Yes. On that side of the equation, so I don't think it's Bluetooth just all software. I don't. No, but on the on the uh, the old phones, and the iPad, and the old watch, they all just got software updates that let it do this stuff now. 
if you're Which, using earpods with W1 and right, you, you can either interpret is, that to mean that they're just using that as a barrier or that there is something in that I was told flatly that the W1 was responsible for handled the connectivity as well as did something to improve the audio quality. All I'm saying, if Microsoft, and you were in the room with me, I let think me, we were me, both let told me, that. Let me offer you a hypothetical. Yeah. Let's say Microsoft wanted to release a web browser, and the web browser used secret hooks into Windows to outperform the other leading web browser on the market. Would the Department of Justice be interested in such a situation? That <laughs> it's the same thing. We're just we're just more ready to give Apple a pass because no, it's not inter- the same it, thing. Because it does. Apple it's has invented Apple's invented hard a hardware accessory that works with its products. This is not new, and that does a very. They're a vertically integrated hardware maker. It's different. Microsoft was not. Microsoft was supposed to be doing a neutral open platform of software. It's different. It's. It's different, but the par- there are parallels, and that's all I'm saying. Is all right. if Apple truly be- and I, well, I'll say this, I pushed Apple on this very hard during the course of the review. So when they they knew that this is what I was thinking, and what they said to me, they said two things: one, we still are committed and believe in AirPlay. Nothing, you know, that's it. That's all they said. That was the end of the sentence, but they said it for a reason. And two, this is the beginning of a wireless world. And we haven't yet had the serious conversations we need about extending the rest of our system because we obviously developed everything in secret and now we can go have the conversations. So my hope, and I think the pressure that needs to be applied to Apple is if you're going to take away the open standard, the wireless things that you build haven't taken have to be away. Simple. Well, they took away the headphone jack, right? So. That's oh, the I open see what standard. you mean. That's the open, yeah, So yeah. if you're going to take yeah, that yeah. away, yeah, yeah. you've got to do all the work of connecting to all the other stuff as well as that thing connected to yeah. stuff. Good and point. And dead simple, completely universal. Good point. And right now, the Apple stuff works better than everybody Oh, my God. Stuff. Peter, the audio engineer here, who's a very smart guy, is nodding his head vigorously. Yeah. So there you go. Um, let's talk but about Peter's cameras. an audio engineer, you know. Audio, look, all the audio guys are with me. They they love, you know, the plugs work. You don't have to screw, know. You don't have to monkey with them. I know. Let's talk about the cameras. You love the cameras. I do love you the lo- camera. I like the cameras the better camera. than you. Uh, yeah. On the small, on the small phone, I think just opening up the aperture to to one point eight. You know, I don't think the optical image stabilization for me. Uh, I wasn't able to. I didn't try to shake it a lot, or you know, do a real thorough camera only kind of review. I imagine maybe we'll do that, but. But the you know the pictures were brighter in lower light, and um, you know there was a little bit different kind of foreground to the pic, little more foreground to the pictures I took. But they were very good. The front camera we should also note has now gone to seven megapixels, which is which is you know really people take a lot of selfies, they do a lot of FaceTime. It's good. Uh, I cannot figure out why it's seven and not eight. If they had gone to eight, it would have been the same as the eight megapixel cameras in the old phones, and that would have been. I mean, it is a tremendous improvement. Five to seven, it's no joke. It's a way better camera. It's just funny to me that you know I'm sure there's a technical limitation, but they went to seven and not eight because eight iPhones shipped with eight megapixel cameras for a long time. They did, they did, and you know what? That that's a philosophical question for another day. Even <laughs> numbers versus odd numbers. All I know is it's better. Uh, so the cameras on both the front and the back on the small 
uh, standard, mainstream, whatever you want to call it, iPhone 7 are better. But the real payoff is if you buy the Plus. And the cameras are so terrific, in my opinion. They are, it, it is the best camera system in a smartphone I personally have ever tested. And it is the first thing I've seen that makes me think if I were going to buy one of these, I would buy the big one. That's how strongly I feel about it. Uh, so here's my reasoning. You can do a lot of things with two cameras. You know this. Uh, we've talked about this. You wrote about this. Uh, they're doing, uh, and you, you alluded to this actually uh, a few minutes ago, they're doing a couple of things to start. They haven't shipped the appropriate software for it yet, but they're going to be doing this bokeh effect, which is a depth of field kind of thing where you can have kind of a blurred background and a very sharp foreground and it gives the picture depth, which is cool and all of that. But to me, and I think I'm utterly, utterly convinced for just millions of average photographers who are not necessarily interested in those kinds of effects the ability to do real 2x optical zoom. I mean, you'd love 4x if you could get it. But I was quite surprised at what you could get with 2x optical zoom uh, is great. And I've never seen that before on a cell phone I would, a smartphone I would buy, for, otherwise buy for all the other things it has. There's no lens that mechanically moves out. And I think you and I both agreed that the Software interface is really nice. It fuses the two cameras. You don't even think about having two cameras, even though when you hit the 2X, it's actually switching to the telephoto camera. And I'm sure other effects meld the two cameras. You just have one software interface. It's a very good, simple interface. Uh, you can obviously get more complicated uh, settings and effects if you want. But the basic in interface comes up fast. Then you now just swipe on the lock screen to the right. Camera comes up and you're in business. And I thought that was great. I mean, I'll tell you on Twitter, I posted, I mean, after I posted and The Verge posted a tweet about my column, uh, which is very nice. I just, a few hours later, I just posted a picture I had taken of a, a zoomed picture of a ketchup bottle. Uh, you know, a ketchup, oregano, yeah. and salt, <laughs> and a menu at a at a pizza joint I was eating at. And you know, I showed the before and I showed the after. Now, that before is a very nice picture, but the, the, the zoomed picture was incredible. I mean, you know, the detail you could see was just amazing. And it blew up on Twitter. I mean, it's still, people are still liking <laughs> and retweeting the ketchup picture. I have to say, can I can I offer people some more inside baseball? Yeah. Walt sends me the draft of his <laughs> column, and it's you know it's at the top. Yeah, you know, there's a draft where at the top of it is a bunch of sort of metadata. You know, it's suggested headline, a deck, uh, you know, embargo time, and then you know there's always an a line that says art. I don't know if you've noticed this, Walt. This is a real theme, and the Walt generally is like no art, like find it, or he gives me press shots. <laughs> this time. Because obviously we have a huge database of photos and stuff that we can just use, so we do that. This time, Walt has the pictures of the ketchup bottle, <laughs> and he says, please must include ketchup photos. <laughs> I was like, all right. 
<laughs> we feel very strongly about the uh, ketchup. But you you knew it. You put them on Twitter. They blew up. Yeah. So it's ESP I mean, with to, the audience. To use a pun, they blew up. I mean, the fact <laughs> the fact is the fact is. Yes, that's the it's worst a ketchup. That's ever been on it's the a show. ketchup bottle, an oregano <laughs> shaker, and a salt shaker. But God, I mean, you look at that thing. Yeah. The, the label and the etching on the plastic ketchup bottle are incredible in the two X. And on the a little oregano shaker, you can actually see flakes of oregano on top of it. This is a cell phone camera that does not have a motor. It does not extend the lens out, and it was amazing. And I, of course, I took others. You took others. We had, we have actually have great photographers who work for us yep. who took others, and and we, uh, with your review, we ran lots of comparisons, and they were great. Uh, but I think the ketchup thing just—I I mean, there were people on Twitter who said, "Oh my God, <laughs> I'm buying this phone." Because yeah. it's ketchup picture. Uh, yeah. James, our creative director, who took all the photos for my review and Walt's review, yeah. is uh, he's putting together a plan to do a full-on bench test camera shootout. Yeah. Uh, so I think that'll be really exciting. We did it last year when the S7 came out. Uh, and it's just really fun. I mean, sitting with a professional photographer, he's you know he's got a big professional monitor with a hood on it. It's He's got his big Wacom tablet. He retouches everything. Sitting with him examining photos up close and seeing what he sees is fascinating to me. He was the only person who could consistently tell the difference between a 6S and a 7 photo. Our video people could do it. It took them a little bit longer, and there was that note of hesitation. And James would be like, oh, it's that one. And it was incredible. I mean, it's li- it's little stuff. So Well, James, consist- I, I'm pretty sure James liked my ketchup photo. Huh? Oh, he did. He said it was the best photo he's seen this year. And he's <laughs> actually nominating it for a number of photography <laughs> awards. That he's yes, I understand. No, <laughs> he liked it uh, socially. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was yeah. nice. Um, um, but, but I would say, so the towels so on I the like camera. The, I love the camera on, on the big one. And I, I think they've improved both cameras. And look, that's a big selling factor for smartphones. Yeah. The, so the tells, if in case you're curious, from the 6S, the wide-angle lens has shallower depth of field. So the background's, if you do a macro shot, the background's actually a little bit blurrier, which is nice. And the colors are more vibrant. The Yes. Uh, it captures a wider color gamut. Right. Which is not, it's interesting, it's one of the, it's, again, it's a, it's a wait and see. It's, if every app in the world updates to support the wide color gamut, and Apple sells in a phones with wide color gamuts and then other things in your life have wide color gamuts all the photos are going to be incredible right now you take a photo on the 7 look at it on the 7 it looks incredible it is absolutely immediately obvious uh, if you if I did this a lot you take a 6s photo and a 7 photo and then you open them up this the the photo on the 6s you can instantly tell them apart. You move the 7 photo to the 6S, it gets way harder to tell them apart because it doesn't have that wide color screen. So, you know, Apple says, you know, they've got data. 99% of photos are viewed right there on the device. They never leave the device. So if you buy a 7, you're you're just going to be happier with your pictures because they're going to look better as the world adapts to this wide color Well, and, and system, that's what you want. You want to be happier and not more annoyed. Yeah. I mean, really, seriously, that was kind of the lens through which I looked at the various things on this phone in my review. There were yeah, lots it's a, it's, of things that you were going to be happy, lots of things you were going to be happier with. Happier with the memory, happier with the water resistance, happier with the uh, 
the the processor, happier with the battery life. Two hours more battery life on the small one. Uh, I got great battery life on these phones. But you're going to be more annoyed by the audio stuff, which I don't think we want to go back into again. But, you know. <laughs> we, we've beaten that to death. This episode of Control Elite is also brought to you by Wonder Capital. What if you could help combat global climate change and make money at the same time? Introducing Wonder Capital, the award-winning online investment platform that allows individuals to invest in solar energy projects across the U.S. Wonder's online investment platform allows you to earn up to 11% annually while diversifying your portfolio, curbing pollution, and combating global climate change. Your investment in Wonder's fully managed solar investment funds goes directly to helping U.S. small and medium-sized businesses install solar panels. As those businesses repay their loans to Wonder, you receive monthly payments directly deposited into your bank account. And best of all, Wonder Capital doesn't take any fees for investing your money. So, create an account for free at wondercapital.com slash Walt. That's Wonder with a U. W-U-N-D-E-R capital.com slash Walt. Wonder Capital. Do well and do good. So, let's talk about design. I, I, so, I have... I asked you for an old column here, yeah. And you know, I had this debate in a Twitter DM with a bunch of other tech writers. Farhad Manju from the Times asked a bunch of tech writers, "When was the last time Apple really blew you away with design?" And everyone picked the iPhone four and the iPhone five. Um, so I asked you. And my choice was the iPhone four. And actually, if you read Farhad's column out of the Apple event, he he referenced this conversation, which was really cool. So June twenty second, twenty ten, Walt's column in All Things D. New iPhone keeps top of the class. This is his review of the iPhone four. The, uh, so I think the iPhone four is the most beautiful smartphone ever made, and perhaps the most beautiful piece of consumer electronics ever sold to the mass market. So here's the wow. here's Walt's line. The iPhone 4 is a dramatic redesign. It manages to pack a radically sharper screen, a second front-facing camera, which had not been on the iPhone before, a larger battery, a better rear camera with flash, and a faster processor into a body that is 24% thinner, a bit narrower, and retains the same length and weight as its predecessor. In fact, Apple claims the iPhone 4 is the world's thinnest smartphone and sports the world's highest resolution smartphone screen. So it's funny because it is a dramatic redesign. It, compared to the 3GS, which it replaced, it was light years ahead. Yep. Compared to the rest of the industry, it was in another galaxy. Um, huh, galaxy. Uh, <laughs> there, there's my pun for the day. But here, when you're describing how better the design is, you're describing all these spec upgrades. Yeah, but I get and into I, design also, I think, later in the call. No, but, but I, what I'm saying is that was, I think, the height of Apple saying, we took all of these brand new, high-end, state-of-the-art components... We made them thinner and put them in a beautiful case. Yeah. Here, what we ha- and and I, I honestly I cannot underline how much I thought that was the most beautiful phone ever made. Yeah, it's a great phone. Um, a lot of people like the five, but I, I, it's the four for me was the height. Um, this one, what we have is they took the six design. We've talked a lot now about how the components in it are better. The processor is four cores. The screen is wider color gamut. It's got two cameras. They've refined the design, so they moved the antenna lines. Um, and they read us on the camera bump, but it's the same basic design. Do you where where's your read on that? Is this like I, I the line I didn't use that I regret not using in the review? Is this is to me sort of the iPhone six S S, right? It's, it's hey, one you more actually iteration. said that to me. I was surprised not to see that in there. Probably my fault. I should have reminded <laughs> you to put it in. So my take on it, which I actually wrote in an essay right after the Apple event and before I wrote the review, what a 
wacko week uh, was <laughs> I, I just think they're raising expectations very high and it's kind of risky. This is nothing to do with the product per se, but with the, you know, the Apple brand, which is probably their most valuable product in a way, particularly given the exploding batteries and the Samsungs. Which, yeah, we, we got to talk about which that. We should end. talk about that for, for at least a few minutes. Um, but they have raised expectations for next year tremendously. I think that's what this says. They did all these spec things. And let's, again, let's forget for a minute the, the journey they've decided to, you know, the forced march they've decided to put us on about audio. And just <laughs> talk about the rest of this where they improve virtually every aspect of this phone. Not, and not in minor ways. I mean, significant camera improvement, significant battery life improvement, significant storage, you know, doubling the storage. Uh, they've just done a lot on this phone compared to the 6S, but not the design. And so the end result to me is that whether you're the kind of person who goes and buys this now, and, and by the way, so, uh, you know, I don't know what the percentages are. I doubt it's a majority yet, but a lot of people are on these monthly installment plans now, and they can just roll along and get this and get next year's. But if you have to make a choice, you have Apple itself essentially saying, and it's not just rumors. They haven't told me told us any details, but they haven't. You know, they they said the reason we you know we don't believe in redesigned for its own sake, and we have a plan to redesign the iPhone in a what we think is a really great way, but it's going to take longer than one uh, year, so we're going to do it next year. So it, they have set up this massive expectation of, I don't know what you would call it, beauty, gorgeousness, strikingness, <laughs> something, uh, redesign. And there are people speculating already, you know, no home button, all screen, whatever. I don't know if any of that's correct, but it's got to it's got to knock your socks off at this point. That's 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 my feeling about it. And so now they have to deliver on design and probably and and still pay attention to power and specs and features and cameras and you know I would hope better earpods. Uh, or a greater, maybe a greater variety of Bluetooth uh, uh, sound options, uh, whatever, for next year. Um, and I'm sure they have a separate uh, team that does that. So that's that was my reaction. What was your reaction? You know, I just keep thinking about the 4. The 4 was, and obviously there was Antenna Gate, which appeared to have been pretty overblown, but the big move totally with the overblown. 4 was they... They made the antennas part of the design, right? They, they shoved it out into that band. And then they radically upgraded everyone's perception of the screen with the retina display. That device to me was Apple saying, we're the best hardware company in the world, the best design company in the world. We're going to take state-of-the-art engineering specs, components, whatever. That was, I think it was the first phone with their own chip in it as well. I mean, it was just such a tour de force of what Apple was capable at that time. And even though it had leaked, it was still, right, that's the phone that Gizmodo stole and all this stuff. Even though it had leaked, it was still, it just, it went off like a bomb. Like, everybody had to respond to it. Yeah, absolutely. I look at this phone and Apple saying, well, here's our design for two years ago. We're going to make it black and move the antennas so it kind of looks like a little new design. But no one has to respond to the design of this phone. Now, Vlad wrote a great piece for us about how hard it is to keep up with Apple and the specs. That was a great piece, race. yeah. Uh, and it, I, I think it's one of the smartest things written about phones 
in the past year because it it's just it's it's so brutal apple's advantage in this in the component tree well, space right now <clears throat> being well they have a huge advantage in the component space but this a lot of this has to do with being a vertical manufacturer and and, and having their scale and right? have I mean, hey, they have scale they have complete control of both the software the hardware and the ecosystem and you could say, well, there are disadvantages to that, but really, I think that's overwhelmingly its advantages. I mean, this, well, so let, let this, me this we this should thought. remind people this is the best selling uh, phone in the world, even though yeah. as a platform, Android dominates the world. So, yeah, and this is actually a good segue into the, the battery thing, but let me, let me finish this thought. Um, it just feels like they didn't have the pressure. Because they sell so much, people are going to upgrade to the phone. They're pushing, the, obviously, the, the wireless transition with audio. That they just upgraded all the components of the phone without rethinking what those components should feel like in the world. And I, that, that's very un-Apple to me. Obviously, you know, they were on that cycle with the, the S, and they, you know, they were doing this refinement. But if you look at this phone in the 6, literally everything is different and better in some ways by orders of magnitude. Um, and they didn't. the it, the The physical object of it is still the same. And I, yeah, just no. compared to the four, where everything componentry wise was well, it's in your bi- face and better. Exactly, it, it's just interesting. I, I, no, so, it's a very very good comparison. And I think this is this is a risk, and they better be great. I mean, just just astonishingly great next year, which is going to be hard to do because so, so many people about, make phones. Let's talk about that componentry advantage because this leads us. We, we, I found it very hard to review this phone because the phones I want to compare it to are the other best-selling phones on the market. Apple's only true competition, the Galaxy S7, the Samsung Galaxy S7, and the Galaxy Note 7. Right. The Note 7 has a small problem in that it, it's exploding. Yeah. <laughs> the batteries keep exploding. I yeah, know. It's, it's, it's a very serious problem, actually. Very serious. Uh, yeah, I mean, there there's a kid in New York, and the, the phone exploded in, in their hand the other day. It's, there's a Jeep that caught on fire. Airlines are saying you can't have the phone. Well, FAA's Jeeps catch there. on fire by themselves. They but just that's a constantly. Yeah. Um, mine's on fire right now. It's, yeah, it's, I think so, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so Vlad's piece, again, which I, I just encourage everyone to read, one of his points was, because Apple controls the hardware and the software, they made their battery bigger, but it's nowhere near as big as the batteries in Android phones are. And they all get about the same battery life. Oh, you know, Apple, actually, Apple often gets better battery life. Yep. And one of the reasons... Out of significantly smaller batteries. Yep. And it's because they control the hardware. They control, They design the chips to the software. They're, you know, they just yeah, get more I mean, efficient. Yeah, I mean, the simplest... Not, they don't run. The simplest um, way to think about this is they have complete control and synergy uh, between every tiny subcomponent of everything on the phone, hardware and software, and they turn them off constantly without you even knowing it and without affecting performance in a very sophisticated, intelligent way about a zillion times a minute. It's just like the the phone is, is just like a, a tuned thing that's mm-hmm. just saying, save battery every chance you get in right. ways that, that the that this woman who owns this won't notice or this guy who owns this won't notice. Right. And they do. So, right. And Android manufacturers, they, they try to do the same things, but they don't have the controls. They can't do it as much. So their solution is in bigger batteries. So all this brings me to Samsung has a flagship phone that when we reviewed it, Dan Seifert reviewed it, uh, we 
he said, this is the best big phone you can buy right now. It has the highest specs. It's at, I put this in the review and I got a lot of heat And it was for it. beautiful also. I it's thought. beautiful. Yeah. It, it just, it, it has, the batteries are flawed, so it's exploding. But it, it is, I, I think, objectively a more beautiful device than the 6 Plus, which is just very big compared to the competition. And the S7 has a 5-ish inch screen, I think 5.2. Um, so it's almost as big as the the 6 Plus or the 7 Plus. Uh, and it's much smaller. So Samsung has like, and you wrote this. This is why you wrote the iPhone 7 and better be spectacular. Samsung's designs are gotten way better. But it's so hard. It is so hard to review the phone and compare it to the Note 7 without constantly pointing out the fact that the phone's exploding, which leads us to sealed versus unsealed batteries. So, Walt, do you remember in 2006, 2007, Sony put out that huge run of batteries that was defective? Oh, yeah, sure. And Apple laptops were exploding, and Dell laptops were exploding, and the FAA said, don't bring your laptops on a plane. Yeah, we, we should explain. We're talking about Sony's, Sony, which is a company which had many divisions. It has fewer now. It still has a lot, but it had an enormous number, and this was a division that just made batteries. It right. had nothing and to do with Sony PlayStations, for instance, or anything like that. It, and they put out a run. And, and they sold led... batteries to every famous laptop maker including including Apple. to themselves sony vios yeah. were exploding yeah and eventually dell had to recall 4.1 million laptop batteries right which at the time i don't know if it's been surpassed but at the time uh the consumer product safety commission said this is the largest consumer electronics recall in history well that was obviously 10 years ago at that time batteries are removable so people who had products affected by the recall could just pull the battery out get a new battery right um we don't live in that world anymore I'm not saying batteries should be removable, but it's just an interesting thing that the note problem is exacerbated in a very significant way by the fact that you got to send back the whole phone. Well, um, I think no... there are several – look, I'm not an expert on it, but I think there are several things that are exacerbating it. That's one. I completely agree with you. you got to send back the whole phone. Secondly, I don't get the impression from what I see publicly that they have exactly figured out which – which notes it's it's not like oh this sometimes you'll see on food recalls this lot of spaghetti sauce you know look on the can this lot is bad don't you know, throw it away or whatever it's a recall i read something this morning uh, uh, suggesting that there was something about the plates being too close together in the battery if that's the case that in, might indicate at least everything from one supplier and maybe the specs that were given to all the suppliers uh, you know were flawed I, I don't I want to be sure and repeat I don't know that for sure but I did read that so you know I think it's still it's amazing that the how long has this been going on now two weeks three weeks I think it's still kind of fuzzy exactly what's going on and how many phones are going to be involved. But you've got airlines telling people not to use it. You've got Samsung telling people to turn it off. You've got the yeah. government telling people to turn it off and don't use it. It's extraordinary. I can't think of anything. And the Samsung patch just limits the battery to being charged to 60%, which is the hackiest patch. But if it keeps people safe, it's probably fine. But, yeah, it's just one of these things. It's... The world and, has changed. And so and I think phone. they're, you know, they, so their brand, you know, they spent 15 years, 15 years ago, if you'd asked people in the United States what they thought of Samsung, they would have, if they knew, if they could tell it from San Yo, which they might not have been able to, they would have said, oh, it makes junk, you know, junk stuff. 
they spent 15 years. They earned their way into a much better, you know, to a, a very strong brand position. I wouldn't say quite as good as Apple, just because Apple has like a, I mean, you can compete, you compare Apple's brand to, I don't know, Coca-Cola or IBM or, you know, brand brands for other things. And it's just outstanding. But Samsung has done a stunning job of getting its brand up there. And with a lot of justification, the Samsung TVs are great. Their their phones have been up and back, but but I think in fits and starts they've gotten there. And this year, I feel like they finally landed two great. There are two flagships landed, both beautiful designs with all the right specs and the software junk that they were so famous for is not a hundred percent gone. But they made a big a big uh, whack in that. And then, ironic, and and it's the year their biggest competitor, Apple, decides to take this big risk and not redesign the phone. So it's just a great situation for them. And (laughs) then this battery thing happens, which is not a tribute. You know, it's not antenna gate, which I think was way overblown in the first place. But whatever you think about it, it, it was solved by it with a rubber bumper. That yeah. Apple just gave away. This is, this is a very serious safety problem involving the government, and airlines, and you know just everybody else. Lithium-ion batteries are a very tricky, difficult thing. Now, somebody wrote today, and I can't remember. Maybe we've we've reported this that one of the things Samsung has decided to do is to switch to the company that Apple uses for its batteries. I don't know. That may not be true, but that was what I read. I mean, it's a, it's a solution. I mean, you should probably switch your supplier regardless of who you're switching to. Yeah, the old supplier they didn't do a good job. Um, but I wonder how many how many fewer. I think a lot fewer people are going to take the risk on the Samsung Note Seven than would. Oh, have. I think the Note Seven's done, man. Like, it's 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 a cool phone. There's a couple upstairs. I mean, this is what I mean by the the fact that it's a whole phone is a problem. There are people here who i won't name names who are like it's just too inconvenient it'll be fine and we're like to turn your phone off put it in a safe send it back and i'm sure other people in the office aren't crazy about people running a thing that might explode at any moment yeah nearby um although it'd be great great facebook live so yeah you know good, that's, good very, that's very that's, that's very great. dark you just keep facebook live on all the time <laughs> just point it in a note until it explodes <laughs> um uh, but no, I wrote – so I remember when steel batteries came in and I wrote a column about it. I think mm, – Yeah, I've got it. Um, so here's the thing. It was laptops, uh, not phones yep. at the time. Here's – well, this is – I think we've, we might have done this before. But uh, July 14, 2009, new Mac laptops use batteries sealed for power. Here – and this is Walt. The dirty little secret about removable battery laptops owned by average consumers. Hardly anybody buys extra batteries. Research firm NPD estimates that fewer than 5% of consumers buy a spare. So a trend has begun in the industry. More electronics are being designed with a rechargeable battery sealed inside. For example, Dell's new high-end laptop, the Adamo, the beautiful, successful Adamo, <laughs> uh, has a sealed battery, as is the excellent flip pocket video uh, camera. And then out, you have to go and talk about the MacBook Pro with higher capacity sealed batteries. So this was a trend because nobody was using the removable battery for what it was for, which was swap in a spare, get a bigger one, have two of them. One's always charged. Yeah, they that, were never charged anyway. If you if you yeah. when you wanted a need when you needed it and you went to get it, it wasn't charged. So you know. Yeah. So we're at we're here. We are. This is sort of the 
the reason that you'd want to remove a battery in this situation is can you take it out and like send it away and not have it explode right on you. but we've gotten all these benefits from sealed batteries and i don't think anybody wants to give up those benefits yeah apple was that actually i i reread that column uh, when you when you asked me about it uh, and i sent it to you this morning and it pointed out i can't remember the numbers but apple got a significantly bigger battery into the phone by removing you know the door and the and the all the space needed to put that little compartment in where the where the removable battery went another thing if you're going to put a removable battery in something, you've got to put a coating, a, a case around it, like the AA batteries you buy in the drugstore, because just for safety, you got to, you can't just yeah. hold the raw battery, and so that means you're taking up a certain amount of space, but not all that space is battery, and so they took that whole, you know, I think part of this is Steve Jobs didn't like the looks of having that door in the bottom of the of the of the thing, and they wanted the smooth. Look, uh, but the other part was they were actually, ironically, actually able to get more battery in. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, we're in the sealed battery world, and I think this is just terrible for Samsung. I think, you know, they had a big bet on the Note 7, like you're saying, they had a big opportunity with sort of iPhone stasis. Yeah, they just blew it. Like, literally blew literally it. Literally blew it, yeah. Uh, and I, I think the Note 7 for them is just written off. Like, I agree with they you. They can't the, come back from this. The Note is sort of dead. But I think the greater danger to them is, you know, the fanboys won't, the Samsung fanboys will not abandon them. They might grudgingly not get a note, which had only begun to sell. They only sold, I think, a couple of million of them, which is not a lot for a phone run. But uh, the fanboys will probably still buy other Samsung phones. Some, a lot of other people who aren't so techie, aren't so fanboy, aren't so knowledgeable may just say, Oh, I heard something about exploding phones, and they were Samsungs. I think I'll buy this other brand, whether it's Apple or some other Android brand. Uh, that could be that could happen, and it's got to be worrying people in Korea right now. Yeah, I, I think that you know the S8 or whatever, it'll be fine. People make jokes. Hopefully, App, Samsung will do the QA, and that one won't explode. Like, I think it's the Note line. I disagree. I think it's the Note line that, that's going to have the the troubles, but. Why do you we'll think see. it's particular to the, the, the? Are you saying the problem was destined to be particular no, I, to the I, Note I, line, I, I, or just that it is it is damaged the Note line? It has damaged the Note line, and you can't talk about the Note eight without talking about the Note seven. And the the only thing anybody will ever remember about the Note seven is that it exploded. Yeah, not that it was like a good industrial design, or they finally figured out what to do with the pen, or you know, like all this stuff. It's all yeah. washed away in the fact that right. the phone explodes. Right. This is this is one of those no explaining it away, no nothing. I mean, you know, it blows up, and <laughs> and it doesn't. It isn't like all two million have blown up, but it's climbing inexorably toward a hundred as we speak. And they, this is going to be months before they get these replaced. And it's just a just a giant mess, and it makes you really wonder about the QA, the supplier, maybe even somewhere in their organization, the design risks somebody took to squeeze more juice out of this thing. Yeah, we'll see. But it's they really did have an opportunity here with the iPhone, and 
man, is that opportunity not ever going to be taken advantage of? Yeah. Anyhow, we have gone way over. I don't know if you know this, Walt. If you've noticed, we're like, yeah, I know. We're, we're cru- we've cruised way past an hour. I know. Uh, I need. A pay, I need it's, a it's, pay raise for this. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a crazy week. Uh, yeah. Maybe one of the most. It's always fun when our team is this productive and efficient, but. And it's fun I've to re- be together and all that, yeah. you know, at, at a big event celebrating a gadget, celebrating tech. That's kind of cool. And Apple events are always a little special and we should point out for the 800th time we don't own any stock in apple it isn't that it's just apple has been a leader apple has done these amazing things so going to their events is and and apple kind of invented this kind of event so going to it is is uh always a little bit fun but what a crazy sprint yeah so everyone needs a break anyway phone reviews are out we did not talk about the watch lauren good reviewed the watch i will say it's one of the the best videos The Verge has ever made. So go watch that video, uh, read the review. TLDR, I think all of us agree, WatchOS 3 is so much better, and the new watch makes some much-needed tweaks. So go check that stuff out. I might even uh, delve into that myself next week. So. Oh, hey, look at that. Perfect. There you go. There's all kinds of other stuff to listen to. We're going to be doing all kinds of talking about this on The Vergecast. Lauren, Dieter, Paul, trying to get Joanna Stern on The Vergecast to listen to that this week. Chris Plant has What's Tech. Sad news. Emily and Liz, our Verge ESP has run its course. So the last episode of ESP is up on iTunes now. Listen to that. I am so bummed. So it goes. But Lauren Good also has a great podcast, uh, Too Embarrassed to Ask. Peter Kafka has Recode Media, one of my very favorites. And Kara Swisher has Recode Decode, which is also excellent. So tons of stuff to listen to. Uh, I promise we'll have a new riff on ESP coming eventually. But for now, that one's run its course. But go listen to it. It was excellent in its time. And we will be back next week with more Control at Delete. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Walt. Thanks, Eli.